When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 52 of the Fly the W670 Podcast. I'm Dustin Rhodes and always joined by my buddy Crawley. And in this segment, we are talking to the youngest PA announcer in Major League Baseball history, Jeremiah Peprocki, who was the voice of Wrigley Field at 21. Joining me now on the Fly of the W Podcast, the voice of Wrigley Field, PA announcer, Jeremiah Peprocki. How are you doing today, Jeremiah? Oh, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Uh, glad to have you. You know, I've been uh, following your career since it started with the Cubs. Um, along with being, you know, the PA announcer for the Cubs, you also are the voice of the Chicago Red Stars and the UIC Flames, where you went to college. Uh, how'd you get into PA announcing, and when did you feel like it was something you could make a career out of? Yeah, funny story. Um, that's actually not the first thing I wanted to get into in life. My uh, first career aspiration was to be an airline pilot. Um, me and my mom travel a lot to this day, but as a kid, I would always fly a lot. I'd be around airports. So I was like, Oh, airplanes, this, this. So I was like, huh. When I got around the age where like, I knew that, Oh, I have to get a job when I'm older. Uh, I was like, I'm always surrounded by planes. I'm always at an airport. I might be an airline pilot. That'll be fun. And so for a little time growing up in like my preteen days, I, uh, would like, find myself like studying aviation and I like had my own little flight simulator or try to obtain one uh, as much uh, as I could. And uh, broadcasting kind of just came off of like one, my voice and two, like my little uh, kid immaturity being at like a lot of sporting events where uh, even at Wrigley, I'd have my scorecard and I'd fill it out and uh, I'd pretend that I was the PA announcer and I'd try to get it out before uh, the actual announcement came across or be at the United Center, like Derrick Rose made a shot, Derrick Rose, or something like that. And so little by little, I guess at the same time, puberty was on my side. And I, <laughs> I, shaped, the, I shaped my voice into an announcer, a voice by accident, and... Uh, it's, uh, but it's also something that I found interesting, uh, especially with the Bulls intro and their iconic Cirrus uh, song by Alan Parsons. And, uh, you know, Tommy Edwards, who was the PA announcer at the time for the Bulls, would belt out that and now. And I would uh, find myself doing the and now myself. And uh, that's when I started to like become aware of it. And then I found out it, it was Tommy who was doing it. And I was like, oh, it's a real person that does it. And, it's a real job for somebody. And uh, so I looked into it more. And then high school came around where I still was interested in flying. But uh, I guess being at the right high school at the right time, they had an opportunity where uh, this, it was actually a senior class president that got to like read the announcements in homeroom. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm not a senior. I have to run for class presidents. There's a lot of factors that play into it. Uh, but my sophomore year of high school, uh, the class president was a little bit of a jokester and said something that he shouldn't have said on the mic, and uh, he got his privileges revoked. So 
um, I step into the office. I'm like, hey, I heard what happened. I'd like to give it a try. And they're like, yeah, come next day. We'll give you the script. We'll uh, let you get a, a chance at it. So I come the next day and they're like, here's a script uh, with the bell rings. That's your cue to go. Um, and like the microphone was like in this like uh, separate office next to like the office, but next to like the desk attendants. So it was in an office, um, but kind of like a studio in a sense. And so I closed the door, the bell rang, super nervous. It's my first time on a microphone talking. They can't see me, but I know the whole school is going to hear me. And I was like, oh man, this is really weird to do. And uh, I, I just locked in when the bell rang and I read through it. Might have stuttered a couple of times came out of it and opened the door and the two office attendants, the vice principal and principal, they're looking at me as I'm coming out the room and they're like, that was your voice? I'm, like, <laughs> I'm the only one in here, so I guess so. And they're like, yeah, that's great. You should, uh, you should keep this to graduation. And uh, that was the kind of the start of it all. And um, I then became the voice of my high school. I went to Northtown Academy, so I was the, the voice of Northtown uh to graduation and uh, i took it upon myself to do our sports teams uh so i i was on boys varsity basketball so i do boys jv girls uh girls varsity and that would keep me busy and kind of help me keep working on my craft and then my junior year of high school a referee approached me at halftime and he was like hey man i feel like i'm at a bulls game you got a great voice i could tell you take this seriously uh, I work at UIC. Let me connect you to my bosses who handle that stuff. So uh, I, I get connected over to UIC to who would be my bosses uh, for some uh, good amount of time. And they're like, yeah, you know, come on down. Uh, when baseball season starts, we'll get you situated with a, a couple of games. And uh, by junior year of high school, I was doing Division One sports, uh, starting off with UIC baseball. And then they're like, yeah, you know, you got a great voice. So we'd like to add you to like the rotation or roster of uh, announcers that we have over here. Uh, so I would end up doing soccer, uh, women's basketball. The famous Ray Clay was doing men's basketball. So I got to meet him. Uh, you know, any sport that had a PA announcer to it, I ended up doing. Um, and it made it easy to kind of choose. Uh, career paths. I was like aviation, broadcasting, the broadcasting's kind of working out a little bit better right now. So let me go that route and just see. It just seemed like an interesting world to dive into. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll just kind of focus on this and see, see where it goes. So the aviation dream got cut. Uh, I was a strictly a PA announcer from that point on. Um, and uh, I obviously applied to UIC, got in. So now I'm a UIC student. Uh, when I wasn't announcing games, I got into the behind the scenes and I was helping out with our encore promotions uh, for men's basketball. Um, and uh, I've been at UIC for uh, six, uh, six years now and trials and tribulations of sending, uh, you know, demos and applying for, uh, certain pro teams in the city and getting denied and trying to overcome that, you know, disappointment until uh, March 2021 came around. And uh, the PA guy before me, Andrew Bellison, publicly states that he's stepping down um, and I kept my eye out for it. Uh, then the application came out. I applied, went through a uh, 
interview, came to the ballpark for a live audition. And a little after that, they're like, yeah, we want you to be the voice of Wrigley Field. And well, let, 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 let me talk to you about that really quick here. So you did somebody kind of tell you, hey, this guy, you know, the PA announcer stepping down, Jeremiah, or how did you find out about that? Uh, I'm very active on social media and as a aspiring PA announcer, I like to uh, keep in touch with like all of the pro guys that are easy to access. And Bellison was uh, pretty active on Twitter. So I got to, uh, I followed him on Twitter and I got to meet him a couple of times do that at Cubs games. Uh, and he posted himself on Twitter that he was uh, stepping down and that's how I, uh, I thought I was I was doing a UIC volleyball game. I was uh, like a ball shagger, so like a ball kid, kind of trying to help out, get some extra hours for. It was coming off of COVID, so sports had just resumed. I was trying to make up as much money as possible from the loss of uh, time and missed games. And I was it was a uh, at the end of a set, and I'm scrolling through, and I'm like, oh. He's uh he's stepping down. I totally totally caught me off guard, and I didn't really expect it. Uh, but from there, I kept it on my radar. So 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 all of a sudden, you get this call from the Cubs. Hey, we want you to you know obviously you probably had to do some videos and send them some samples, all that fun stuff. But now they want you to try out at Wrigley Field, and you walk into that press box, right? When you do that, first time you're into the press box, you pick up the microphone. And you hear your voice coming out of Wrigley Field. Describe to me what that was like in your head. And, and were there any butterflies the first time you had to do that? Definitely. So it was like actually my second time in the press box, but first time in the PA booth. So I toured the ballpark uh, a couple years back. It was like a birthday gift. So I, I had been in like the space of the box. Um, but it's changed since then. If anyone that's been up here knows that it's been renovated. Uh, looks amazing still. Um, but this uh, live audition was my first time in the PA booth. So I'm stepping in and I'm like freaking out because I, it's like, it's the view of something that I imagined doing for, for years, but never really expect, expected to get the opportunity to do it. And um, I had a little bit of preparation for it because uh, we went through the opening day script as kind of like our rehearsal run through. Um, and so just being that, that diehard Cubs fan at the same time, I kind of knew like how to like manage it, but yes, of course you're as a lifelong Cubs fan, you're like, Oh my God, I'm like, I'm really up here. Like I could see where I used to sit in the bleacher (laughs) other parts of the ballpark. And, um, you know, I never, never expected to hear my voice coming out of the speakers, but here I am about to do it. And uh, it was very surreal in the moment too, because I was, it was, there was so much pressure of just locking in and kind of just getting through the script and not messing up because this is your one chance to kind of prove to them that, Hey, you know, you're capable of, of this position. And so I know them, I know that my voice was coming out of the speakers, but because I was just kind of so focused on it, it also kind of like came and went and it was it was like maybe like a 20 30 minute process of the whole live audition uh, but it felt much more quicker than that and uh but i know that it happened and i was very like just even if i was like god if this is if this is as far as i get like i know that like i got the opportunity to like kind of live it out for these uh 20 to 30 minutes here and uh i was very satisfied with satisfied with that alone 
Uh, but yes, the Cubs fan, the diehard Cubs fan, and he was definitely geeking out at that moment as well, too. I'm not going to ask you if you sat in left field or right field. I'm not going to do that to you, but both actually, I don't, I don't mind. (laughs) I don't mind. I am a big, like, so when I uh, started sitting in the bleachers, I actually sat like, I didn't go to a lot. So you guys probably don't remember me from like being out there, but I did sit like a row or two behind bleacher jet where the wall curves. Yeah. And this is obviously before the renovation. So there was no like, porch there or anything like that like the whole row went by the fence and so that, i you knew that was bleacher jeff's row and you can't take his spot so i knew about it at a young age and yeah so i sat there first uh and then they put the boards up and then i'm i'm a, I'm a sucker for like in-game content so i moved to right field to see the, the left field board um but yeah i got love to both sides nice so you do when you do your first game ever. It was against the Nationals, is that right? Yes, May seventeenth, twenty twenty one, versus the Washington Nationals. And 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 was that just? Do you remember it clearly, or was it just like a blur? Uh, both. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I remember, I remember that they had actually came, and that's the day that the uh, the announcement went public that I was in the new voice of the ballpark, and so like I just remember like waking up waiting for them to post it and um once they finally posted it uh just kind of keeping track of like all the love that i was getting from social media and uh the cubs fan base kind of welcoming me in uh into this new position and um it was definitely a lot of just like replying with thank yous and keeping up with like all like friends and family that are are hearing it at that time too and then uh also, like people are like, hey, well, we try, we got to go to the game now and stuff like that. So trying to coordinate that. It was also limited capacity at the time, yeah. so uh, there wasn't like much I could do from that end. But you know, uh, I know that uh, I was also prepping uh, a little bit more as well too. So uh, taking a, a little bit of like notes, I had prepped like three days before on the national side of uh, their names, but like going through that again, like, okay, what's this person's name? How am I going to say it? How should I say it? I know how I'm going to say it, but is this the right way? Uh, All that stuff that kind of crosses your mind before, like, you you know, you do a job like that where you're talking into a microphone and kind of delivering something to it. Uh, And then, uh, Heading to the ballpark, getting to the ballpark, it becoming a little more surreal now that like they're like, here's your credential. And, um, you know, the ballpark's empty. I've never been in the ballpark before the fans and kind of seeing it like empty and quiet. But like the players taking uh, some warm up uh, on the field. And uh, I don't know if they took BP, but they were warming up and then. and actually going upstairs and like setting up my laptop and getting all the scripts and knowing that oh when six oh when six oh five comes you know that'll be your first live announcement to the ballpark and it was just like a, a whole bunch of stuff going on so that's kind of like the blur part but I did get times to kind of just like relax and like take a deep breath and look out to the ballpark and. Uh, take it all in at the same time and uh, definitely everything leading up to the first announcement was nerve-wracking because it's like oh it's finally gonna happen the lifelong dream is finally gonna happen and then um, 
once they told me to go and talk, uh, just locked in, took a deep breath, and uh, it went really good. I didn't, I was nervous, but the nerves went away as soon as I like started talking and felt like work again and fun work as always. And uh, the rest, and they won, so the rest of the game went perfect and uh, no mess ups or anything like that. So that was uh, that was the best part of it. And then of course they got the win uh, on that night as well too. So that was uh, the icing on the cake to the night. So with that announcement and with your first game, you you can't you, you a couple interesting things pop out of this. Number one, you are the first African American announcer in Cubs history, and they believe that you are the youngest announcer in MLB history. Do you remember was it Ed Hardig or who told you about that? Um, it just kind of like came across as like just something that was like picked up uh, on the announcement. Uh, I don't remember really like who, but I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, you're definitely the first African-American to get the position. But, and then you're also uh, the youngest for sure. Um, and that's kind of just something that are like, hey, that's these are two facts that we have for you on, on your hiring. And uh, obviously that drove a lot of headlines with my announcement as well, too, which is something I, I definitely take pride in, uh, especially as uh and, and actually, especially in both categories, because one being the first African-American to like represent for the minorities in that sense to say that like these things are uh, achievable. And then also for, you know, all the young people that, you know, aspire to, to achieve great things, but sometimes get discouraged along the way because of age. And definitely in my process, I felt like I got overlooked because of age, because even younger applying at like 18, 19, they're like, oh, this kid's in college still, or this kid's fresh out of high school, what are, you gonna, what are we going to do, try to hire him for a big boy position? So uh, thank, I, I thank the Cubs to this day for taking a chance on the 21-year-old. Uh, and, you know, there's always that little pressure to kind of uh, – keep the expectations high and deliver in, in those moments as well, too. And not, not long after that, the hall of fame in Cooperstown came calling. Tell me about that. Yeah, no, that's, that's even more surreal too, because it's like, Oh yeah. You're just casually like a piece of you is casually in the hall of fame. Uh, I got that came a little, a little more into the season. So I had uh, a few games under my belt already at this point. And uh, I just kind of casually came to work one day and they're like, hey, by the way, at the uh, end of the season, we're taking this mic and this one's going to the, to the Hall of Fame. And I'm like, you said what? The Hall of <laughs> Fame? And they're like, yeah, the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Here. It's going to be on display in the museum and people that, you know, come in to check it out, they'll see and see your mic and read a little bit of your history and you'll be in there. And I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah. So, like I was like speechless at the same time, but like, I didn't know like how to react because it just came across so casually like, Hey, this is going to happen. Um, yeah. So they, they take it. And then you went out to Cooperstown to see it. How, how surreal was that? Yes, that was surreal in person as well, too, because like now you're actually seeing it, but you're seeing it in a place surrounded by a lot of greatness at the same time, too. So um, just like walking in and, you know, you have 
Bruce or Hank Aaron or uh, Joe DeMaz, big names, big names throughout the course of history of baseball. And then here's Jeremiah Paprocki and like, I'm, I'm not even like a pro baseball player or anything like that. I'm just simply the, the voice of the ballpark. And based off these achievements that I got in my position, I've been able to like become surrounded with all these great baseball players and people in baseball. And now I'm like forever a part of like baseball history in a sense too. So like definitely like very emotional at the same time, especially like walking in and seeing it and like, Hey, there's that mic that uh, I talked to and uh, talked into and knowing that like all the hard work kind of like paid off and that's evidence of, you know, all the hard work that went into it. And it was definitely very, very special day to visit the, the museum. And I thank them for that opportunity as well, too. Now, 2022 was an interesting year for you. Who came up to you and said, hey, you know what would be fun? Let's get Jeremiah to go on some road trips. Let's take him on the road. How did that all come about? Yes, uh, I have to uh, I have to shout out a couple people on that one. So one, my mom, because like I said earlier, she loves to travel. And so uh, we take a lot of trips throughout the year. And uh, shout out to my boss, Matt Romito, who's... Uh, the director of game presentation, but also is uh, executive producer of Cubs Productions. And I know, like, it, I, I believe it came uh, at a certain point last, uh, before my, during my first season, where they had seen me go out of town again. And they're like, you're out of town again? <laughs> they're like, oh, man, you travel a lot. Um, and they kind of took that and they're like, hey, we could probably do something with that, like travel-based. And you know, they're open to, like, throw some uh, ideas at me to kind of help me expand from just the PA role, but kind of get into something else as well, too. And uh, I always express that to them as well, that I'm, I'm not just a PA guy. I can try different things out as well, too. And I'm always open for new ideas. So uh, they worked hard on uh, figuring out a, a travel series and uh, – uh, thanks to National Car Rental, they were like, hey, hey, let's uh, send them on the road with a, with a car and uh, highlight some uh, big uh, Cubs road trips, uh, cities that a lot of Cubs fans can uh, travel to on the road and point out things that they should do before the Cubs game and kind of highlight, you know, the travel series like that. And so that was really fun. Uh, and uh, I was able to go to Milwaukee, St. Louis, uh, White Sox, and Field of Dreams. And Field of Dreams is obviously the, the coolest uh, of that group because it was, uh, you know, it was the special game out of all of them. And uh, it was also cool to get that opportunity to just be at Field of Dreams. Uh, but, of course, going revisiting these uh, ballparks that I've been to, uh, I've been to all MLB ballparks, so wow. getting, getting the chance to revisit them and kind of take it all in again is really cool. Some ballparks have gotten some additions to them or, or they've added around, so it's cool to see new things in that area as well that I didn't see on my last trip, uh, but in a working capacity this time, so that was really cool as well and uh, fun, very fun. Well, Stuart McVicker from Club 400 and myself, we went to the Field of Dreams. We bumped into you there. Yes. But but on that On the Road series, and I think you find that on the Cubs YouTube channels where you can find that. That is correct. You actually get to have a catch 
with Ryan Sandberg. I mean, I mean, just come on. Like, okay, I'm I'm a little bit older than you. I'm not gonna say by how much, but you know, Rhino was my guy like growing up as a kid. That was who I watched from the bleachers, was Ryan Sandberg. That I mean, that just I mean, like someone had to have suggested that and you'd be like, all right, <laughs> no problem. Sure, let's do that. I, I was uh, I was uh, a little nervous as well too. Uh, I mean, growing up, Cubs was in obviously in my family, so hearing stories about you know like Rhino and and Santo and and those guys. Uh, so I was obviously very familiar with like Cubs history before I was born and all that stuff, and so uh, definitely knew how big of a, a player uh, Sandberg is to, to Cubs baseball and when they're like uh when they're telling me the itinerary for the day uh they're like uh, and at this point uh we'll have you play catch with uh Ryan Sandberg and I'm like oh Ryan like the Ryan Sandberg like the, the former Cubs Cubs Hall of Fame like they're like yeah that guy they're like oh th- this is cool and like even like trying to shoot that piece as well too or like I'm like playing catch with him and throwing the ball. We're just having a conversation. And I'm like, this is really happening. I'm like, I'm playing catch with, with Sandberg here. And this is not a dream, even though it's the field is dreams. And, and it was just, it was definitely very, very cool. And uh, it's cool. Cool. I get to say, I got to play catch with a Cubs hall of fame or two. Unbelievable. The one thing that's fun for me to watch is that, you know, my friend uh, John and uh, Johnny B and Josh, they get to share that area with you where you get where you do your announcing. How much fun is it to be in there with John and Josh and how, how many laughs do you guys have? And 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 those guys are just so unbelievably talented. I mean, it just got to be a fun time up in there. Definitely. Uh, that's the that's another perk of my office is uh, I also get to share it with the organists and uh, especially like pregame when we're not too busy, or I would say like the pregame to pregame when like there's no one in the ballpark and we're coming in and setting up. Uh, we definitely get to uh, talk and, you know, catch up uh, from the last homestand or even if it's the next day, just kind of talk about whatever is going on. And then there's a little time where like I'm setting up my scripts and they're prepping for what they're going to play the game and I'm hearing them just kind of like work on things and they're playing up songs and listening to it by ear and trying to play it without like any sheet notes or anything they're just like ah this is what it sounds like and then they're going at it on the keys and (laughs) and I'm like yeah talent right there that's talent it's, uh, it's sick, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. So I got to ask, you're in the press box and a lot of people, famous people go back and forth. Is there a famous celebrity you've gotten to meet where you're just like, oh my God, like like overwhelmed, almost speechless? Yeah, so that would come during my first season, uh, the, the reopening day uh, when the ballpark opened back up to 100% capacity. Uh, a familiar celebrity by the name of Bill Murray was asked to uh, sing the seventh inning stretch. And I'm I'm like, is he going to come in and practice? Am I going to get a chance to, like, meet him? But then I'm like, he's done it thousands of times already. He's probably just going to go do it and then, like, leave. He's probably not going to want to come in here. So he sings it. And then, like, a little bit afterwards, probably bottom seven, maybe going into the top of the eighth, the door opens and he uh he comes in i'm like oh 
oh man, here he comes, he's coming in. <laughs> and uh, usually when they like, if they're on their way out, they like, you know, are like, thanks to the organist or something like that, because obviously they're working together on the stretch. Um, but no, he comes in, he's like, oh, I hear we got a new voice uh, in town. And I'm like, uh, he's talking to me. Uh, <laughs> it's Bill Murray. And we're having like this whole conversation. And he's like, yeah, nice to meet you. Um, uh, you know, just kind of casual conversation from there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm talking to Bill Murray. And like, it's Bill Murray, like one of the biggest stars out there. And um, that was definitely the, the biggest guest conductor that, that's come in that, like I've gotten a chance to like even just talk to him and uh, he was nice enough to like take a picture with me and all that stuff. So Bill Murray, definitely. We've had some good ones come in too, but Bill Murray, of course, is top tier. Now, as an announcer, as a PA announcer, do you have a favorite Cubs game? One that in, in, in during your time there that you just locked in, you're like, that game was just amazing. Uh, I, I feel like there's been a, a good amount of those, but I think the one that I always go to is just the first one that I ever did because of just how special of a moment it was. Um, and I don't really think anything in the game besides the Cubs winning was like very highlightable, but like just to be able to like, you know, go through a whole Cubs game for the first time with hearing your voice coming out the speakers. And it, especially like once the game started, it becomes more relaxed because there's not much to say. So when you're announcing the batter, you have a little more time to register like your voice coming out and into the ballpark and taking all that in. And of course, my family and a lot of close friends and uh, the UIC co-workers that picked me up for the first time were there and kind of them seeing me grow into my career. And, uh, of course, the Cubs winning at the end, that was definitely, like, my favorite. Uh, it's just because it was such a perfect day. Uh, opening day this past season, uh, a second, because of just what goes into, like, opening day and how special that is when, you know, it's that it's like a holiday, you know, opening day is a holiday. You come and you you seek so much throughout the uh, off season. And then that day finally comes and just the presentation to announce the entire roster and uh, Morell's uh, Morell's first game where he hit his home run in his first at bat. I know that was very electric. Uh, and I think that was one of the very first times I felt the press box like shaking away. <laughs> because of how electric that home run was and because it was his first and uh, just a special moment all around. So uh, those, those would be my top three, if I were to say. Yeah, and, and so I, I am a geek about CubsCon. I love CubsCon more than anything. I've been to over 20. My question, have you ever been to CubsCon? And if not, how much are you looking forward to it? Surprisingly, I've never been to one. Um that was usually kind of justified as, hey, you know, we'll just go to a couple throughout a couple games throughout the season. That's how you'll catch the cup that way. Uh, but it always seems fascinating, this, like, idea of spending, like, a weekend in the same space as your favorite Cubs players. Uh, that always seemed like a cool concept growing up. And 
it's of course it's something you were like, oh, I, I definitely want to like be a part of it one day. And now, fortunately for me, being uh, an employee, and you know, this upcoming uh, convention will be like my first time to ever experience it. I'm definitely looking forward to like seeing what just the uh, the weekend entails for something like that. So I'm very excited. I, I cannot wait to talk to you about it once it's all said and done. So I am going through withdrawals because Jeremiah, I don't care about anything other than Cubs baseball. <laughs> so before we leave, I want to a thank you for your time. B wish you continued success. I know we'll have you back on the podcast again, but for all the podcast listeners out there and, and, and just to, to suffice me until at least Cubs convention, can I get a good afternoon and welcome? Yes, I got you. We're setting the scene. It's a perfect, beautiful day at Wrigley Field. You're out in the bleachers. It's 88 degrees, clear sky, sunny, sun is beaming down. It's time to introduce everyone to beautiful, historic Wrigley Field. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon and welcome to baseball at beautiful Wrigley Field. Absolutely. Inject that into my veins, Jeremiah. <laughs> I, I absolutely appreciate you coming on. It's been a blast talking to you and I'd love to have you back on in the future. Thanks for having me and I'm looking forward to catching up with you next time. Take care, Jeremiah. Have a good one. Bye.